Hi, and welcome to Serenity Now, a place for entrepreneurs to ask questions, learn, get connected, and be inspired. Join us as we talk about all things business and the search for the ever-elusive Serenity Now in both business and personal life. In this Serenity Now for Entrepreneurs episode, the Serenity Sisters sit down with Tatsuya Nakagawa, CEO of Kastraga, host of Roofers Reflections and Specified Growth Podcast. They sit down to explore life lessons from a serial entrepreneur. I think sometimes people take entrepreneurship as you have to suffer through it to accomplish something. In some instances, you can sort of view it as explorational. Depending on what area or sort of phase your entrepreneurship is, that may serve you better. Being extremely curious about certain emotions you feel, being extremely curious about what your customer is feeling and getting feedback, and getting extremely curious about the things that you do not know may serve you better than just, you know, kind of like hustle, grind, and stuff like that. We explore not falling in love with your own ideas. In entrepreneurship or any personal development, I think humility is very, very important. And the idea of not falling in love with your ideas. And in the service business, it's a lot easier to understand if something is working or not. Clients are not calling you back or picking up the phone (laughs) or you don't get a renewal on your contract. So in the product world, it's a lot harder to know beforehand. There may be building products out and stuff. So there's a lot more kind of pressure and sort of work required to get good at gauging success in a product. Figuring out if you have the right business idea by doing the 3 a.m. test. Let's say, you know, each of you had this wonderful idea. You know, you woke up 3 a.m. you thought of it. It's so groundbreaking. It's going to change the world. You swing your door open, you run out the door, and you're thinking, who do I want to tell this to? Oh, I have someone that would be the perfect prospect, perfect partner for this idea. And you get to their house. You're trying to ring their doorbell, but no one's answering because it's 3 a.m. So, but you can't wait. So you kick the door down. And then what you do is you run up the stairs, you swing the door open, and you grab them out of the bed and say, wake up, wake up, here's my idea. What do you do when something goes wrong? Learn everything about the situation. Because obviously when someone comes to you, you're not quite sure what is happening. So don't jump to conclusions. Mm. Try to find out everything that you possibly can as fast as you possibly can. How do you move forward after you fix the problem? When the emotion is gone and, you know, people are calm and the problem is solved, how do we make sure this never happens again? We kind of go through that process every time. We try to make it a blameless process as much as possible. It's tough sometimes, you know, because people are pointing fingers and stuff, but, you know, it's hard to learn when we're blaming. If you are an entrepreneur or think you have a great idea for a product or service, listen to this episode where you will learn life lessons from a serial entrepreneur. Don't miss it because it could bring you some serenity now. Welcome to another episode of Serenity Now for Entrepreneurs. Today we have a very interesting entrepreneur, someone who is a serial entrepreneur, and it's Tats Nakagawa. Welcome so much to our humble podcast here. I'd love to introduce actually Rita, one of our Serenity sisters who knows Tats and um, have her explain a little bit about how they met. Go ahead, Rita. 
Thanks, Steph. And today we've got Peggy, Steph, as well as Candice and myself, Rita, on the podcast today with our special guest, Tats. So Tats and I, I believe we met back in 07 or 08. We're going back a little while, Tats. Let's call it well over a decade. Let's just say that. And we ended up working or volunteering together at the Canadian Manufacturing Association of BC, where you were heading up a roundtable of a group of industry experts to support manufacturing companies. And uh, and that's how we met. And that's why I was like, who is this guy? And he, he was always so very calm and articulate. And he was an entrepreneur. And he got to be a little bit more emotional or something, Tads. And I was a banker at that point in my life. and And we got along quite well. And throughout the years... You know, Tats has become a serial entrepreneur. He's an author. He actually gave me his first book. So I love that. I still have your book, Tats. He's a speaker now. He's been on TV. He runs his own podcast. I mean, I don't know how you have time for all of this. He also built a second company after his service company. And this is a product company in the U.S. And he grew it. And then it came back down to zero, I believe, or almost zero revenues. And then you know, grew it back again, and then doubled growth. So Tats, there must be a lot of learning and sharing you can do with our audience in hopes that they can, you know, perhaps learn a few steps and maybe not make as many mistakes. So welcome, Tats. I'll let you share a little bit more. Sure. Thank you for everyone for having me as a guest. It's funny when you use the word serial entrepreneur, because I know a lot of people think that's cool. But I think, you know, it, it just means that, you know, I, I've seen a lot of ups and downs and I still like it enough to, to keep going. And I think, you know, uh, Rita, you pointed out correctly, quiet or, you know, just sort of low key or calm. I, I think I've always been that way. And I think I have that introverted side of me. And, you know, in entrepreneurship, sometimes and many times that's not what, you know, people look to as entrepreneurs like they're more charismatic and they're outgoing and and stuff like that and i really had to really think through how to adapt my style a bit over the years and i think that's been you know some of my challenge along with some other things as well so i had a service business and then i have a product business which i launched with peter and others on a reality game show which we won yeah, we had all sorts of strange roller coasters and adventures, but it's been fun. Awesome. So I think one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs will want to understand, because some of our audiences are just starting out, they're in ideation stage, some of them are growing their business, others are pivoting. Tats, like with the experience that you have both in product and in service, maybe you could speak a little bit about a couple of lessons that you've learned, maybe some that we learn time and time again. And we're like, oh, this is different from last time. You know, we love those where people are like, oh, I won't make that mistake again. (laughs) So yeah, we'd love for you to to share um, some of the lessons. In entrepreneurship or any personal development, I think humility is very, very important. And the idea of not falling in love with your ideas. And in the service business, it's a lot easier to understand if something is working or not. Clients are not calling you back or picking up the phone (laughs) or you don't get a renewal on your contract. So in the product world, it's a lot harder to know beforehand 
They're maybe building products out and stuff. So there's a lot more kind of pressure and sort of work required to get good at gauging success in a product. So one of the tests that I use, because I love simplicity. So has anyone heard of the 3 a.m. test? So the 3 a.m. Yeah. test? Yeah, it was developed by um, someone um, is very famous in the direct response world. And it goes some something like this. Let's say, you know, each of you had this wonderful idea. You know, you woke up 3 a.m., you thought of it. It's so groundbreaking. It's going to change the world. You swing your door open, you run out the door, and you're thinking, who do I want to tell this to? Oh, I have someone that would be the perfect prospect, perfect partner for this idea. And you get to their house. You're trying to ring their doorbell, but no one's answering because it's 3 a.m. So, but you can't wait. So you kick the door down. And then what you do is you run up the stairs, you swing the door open, and you grab them out of the bed and say, wake up, wake up. Here's my idea. Now, one of two things is going to happen. They're going to say, oh, my God, that's such a good idea. They're going to stay up with you the rest of the night. Or they're going to say, what are you doing? I'm going to call the cops or I'm going to go back to sleep. <laughs> so the idea is... Is your idea that great? And, you know, test it, right? Be curious. Lots of different books on it. But I think anytime that you're doing things in entrepreneurship or, you know, product and stuff and something is not working, look to yourself first to see if you have any bias or whatnot, and then look outwards to, to look for the solution. I think self-awareness is probably the most important trait of any entrepreneur. I asked a very successful entrepreneur once, about, you know, characteristics of a great CEO. And she, you know, ultimately said, you know, self-awareness, but she added by saying people at that level understand what they're bad at and they surround themselves with people that compliment mm -hmm. that. That's key. I love information about lessons learned because one thing that I, in starting a business, felt the most was the mistake. I never wanted to feel that mistake again. So I didn't let a mistake go by without looking at the mistake, breaking it apart, figuring out what that mistake really was and how not to make it again and improve upon it. It sounds like this has been a part of your journey to not make those gigantic mistakes, or at least they feel gigantic. I don't know. Every mistake feels bigger than it is, but yeah. <laughs> I don't I like the emotion that goes with it. <laughs> yeah. I think with mistakes, there's two categories, right? Like, or decisions, right? You know, decisions in which there is low consequences. You know, maybe there's like a pride consequences, but I mean, that's a cheap lesson for an entrepreneur. And then there's mistakes or decisions that have big implications. So I think many of us are really slow at making quick decisions on things with low implications. Of course, things with, you know, huge implications, you need to take your time to do your diligence. But if it's something with low downside, go quick, go quick and figure it out. And if you feel a little silly or you, you fall on your face, but you didn't lose any money and maybe you felt a little silly, that's great because you learn quick and you're not going to be feeling that way uh, that much longer if you keep doing that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear Candice, our accountant uh, in the room, and just, you know, also experiences working with entrepreneurs who want to go quick. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you need to have this. It's called money. 
before, you know, move in that direction. Candice, obviously, this is a, a great podcast to kind of share different perspectives on things. Tell us from the accounting side, like, what are some of the things that people might want to think about before they go quick? I find it interesting that you make the distinction between things that have a low barrier, if you will. Like, you know, it's not going to cost you a lot of money. It's just a little bit of pride. And understanding the difference between them, because I have entrepreneurs that go full barrel and they don't make the distinction between those things. So so I do think that that's an important distinction, you know, like, yeah, be the entrepreneur, go quick on those things that have that low barrier. But when it's the big things, you need to understand when they're the big things and get the right people on board. And as an accountant, my biggest thing is entrepreneurs that come to me 18 months in. And by then I'm trying to fix things. It's way, it's way more expensive for me to fix things than it is to help you do it right the first time. And I'm sure that's true of any profession. So like legal insurance, all those things, if it's big, it's not your area of expertise, know what you're bad at and get those people on board for sure. Going back to your thing about learning lessons and stuff like that. So I learned something kind of interesting along those lines. There was a guest on my podcast that's documenting his entire journey from zero to a hundred million dollar agency. So he's documenting all his mistakes, but, and his learnings and stuff, but he had, he had a process. It's called lessons learned. Let's say something goes wrong. Okay. So it's a three-step process and we use it in our company. Step one is learn everything about the situation. Because obviously when someone comes to you, you're not quite sure what is happening. So don't jump to conclusions. Mm. Try to find out everything that you possibly can as fast as you possibly can. Depending on the situation, you know, and I got this from somewhere else too, you'll know at any time about 40 or 70% of the situation. You're never going to get to 100 because you're going to be too slow in reacting. So you get somewhere between 40 to 70% of what is happening. And then step two is you make the best short-term solution that you possibly can to, you know, bring down anxiety or mitigate something. And then step three is when the emotion is gone and, you know, people are calm and the problem is solved. How do we make sure this never happens again? We kind of go through that process every time and we try to make it a blameless process as much as possible. It's tough sometimes, you know, because people are pointing fingers and stuff, but, you know, it's hard to learn when we're blaming. Sometimes yeah, I, as I, a sole entrepreneur, you have no one to blame, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if you're all on your own, you have no one to blame. You know it to you. And as you say, you never have 100% of the facts because you wouldn't have gone that direction had you had all those facts to begin with. So. That's a really good point. You do the best you can with what you have and then just stop, breathe in, let the emotion go away and then reverse engineer it, see what happened, what went wrong and then try not to do it again. That's brilliant. Yeah. Good for everything in our life, right? I like the no blame thing because that way more functional than trying to read whose fault it is. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. Unless you're working yeah. with people that purposely do things wrong or whatever, like, why does it matter whose fault it is? Because nobody's done anything on purpose, so... Yeah, move on and solve it. Yeah, no, I, I like how you're carrying your theme forward in terms of the self-awareness piece, Tats. I kind of always thought I knew who I was, but I actually never did until I became an entrepreneur. And that's when I found out my true kind of what can I handle? What can I not handle? The rejection, the win. Both of them were, you know, complete different highs and lows. But at the end of the day, it was, I can't go confront someone now. I can't go do this now. 
who's supposed to do? Oh, that's my job. Darn it all. Like, you know, <laughs> and so <laughs> that, that self-awareness piece and the pride piece, they go hand in hand. And I think that one of the bigger lessons was if I had let go of the pride a lot sooner, I would have been able to move forward a lot faster, not just for me personally, but probably like the clients, our partners, our staff. It, it just works its way around everywhere through all of it. I think that's that's a huge piece. Let go of that pride. It's hard not to blame yourself, too, when you go through this, because that's pretty much one of the biggest things that we do is how could I have done? What was I thinking? You know, maybe it was 3 a.m., and I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> By the way, I love that. I love that. I'll keep that forever. I came on and said, oh, I made these mistakes in the past. And I went to this seminar where it was really cool. They were talking about mapping out the various transitions in your life. And you know, in entrepreneurship, I had many different transitions where I learned different things, like learning to let go and delegate and all these themes that come out commonly in entrepreneurship. And but one of the things is there's a tendency to look at like where you were before as bad and now I am good. And, you know, this workshop was all about remembering that what was bad was, a you know, was, first of all, most likely not your fault. And it was just a function of learning. So it was good. And then just realizing that most of what you did was great. Don't punish yourself for the few things that didn't go right, whether you had a hand in it or not, and allow yourself to be proud of who you were at each phase instead of labeling it. That's when I didn't know how to delegate. That was bad, right? At that time, too, I was reading a book a week and for years and years and, and learning. So you tend to forget about some of the good things by just focusing on like the learnings. And I wasn't there. Right. So it's just something I have to personally remind myself as well, just not to view that if you kind of have a personal development moment, you were never bad to begin with. So you're, I heard this from someone, you're not trying to prove yourself, you're trying to improve yourself. I like that. I love that. And what's really interesting is when we talk about some of these lessons that you're sharing with us, like the go quick or the three step process, the pandemic has really put that to play with a lot of people, right? You just have to be nimble. You have to be agile. You have to be able to go with the punches. I think that that's something that also has created space for people to say it is okay that we don't know what's going to be coming up next. I feel like there's a lot more compassion and empathy in the world, you know, with everything that's been happening. And definitely as an entrepreneur, I'm more empowered to be able to move forward with certain things, knowing that it might not be perfect. And that I think, you know, we're talking, Rita was talking about pride. I'll use the word ego. And that's what mm -hmm. I find as well. It's like the ego of having to do it perfectly the first time. You are the expert. You're the person that they turn to. Tell us a little bit about your experience with the pandemic and maybe things that you've been seeing, the trends that are allowing us to grow quickly. So let's chat about that for a bit. My experience in the pandemic may have been different than others. I'll just start back a little bit further. So Rita was talking about almost going to zero. So I'm going to address that. That moment was 2014 for us. 2008 wasn't very bad for us. I mean, we did some things, but 2014 was our tough spot. And what, what happened was we happened to be in the oil and gas space, which is kind of strange for a sustainable 
product, but it's just we had a sales manager there, uh, Matt Cullen, who was very, very talented. And he had lots of contacts and, and he got us in there. And when the oil prices crashed, we had many of these very, very large, you know, some billion dollar customers that were buying our products that, you know, s- suddenly didn't want to pay us. And in a span of 45 to 60 days, 80% of our sales tanked, like out of nowhere. (laughs) And I mean, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have these moments where you're like, what am I supposed to do, right? You're staring at the screen. There's not one thing you can do that will pull you out of that. And all these thoughts come into your head, like I'm a failure. What am I going to tell people, right? What are they going to say? Luckily, I just had some very good mentors around me. And one of my mentors had something very similar happen to him. And his mentor happened actually to be Jim Patterson. So he passed on the advice he got from Jim Patterson to me. He asked me a question. He goes, what's the most important thing you have to do next? I said this, right? And then what's the next most important thing you have to do? I said, well, this thing over here. And The point he was making is usually when there's a problem, you know, one or two action item steps can usually pull you out of most problems. But here's a problem where if I did the next 10 things or maybe the next 20 things, there was no guarantee that it was going to work out. His point was you can't stop doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to keep going, even if you think the next one, two, three or five things are not going to get it done. Right. So we start to do those things. We start to like ignore the fact that it wasn't good enough and just kept doing one after the other. And you get lucky. You get lucky. And we got lucky and we pulled out of it. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. Now, segue to the pandemic. And, you know, I, I was in Dallas two weeks earlier, and suddenly everything's all crazy and messed up. And there was just a lot of things that were in our favor. Like, first of all, we were mostly online and distributed anyway. So relative to our space, we were all set up. Like in the material space, it's very brick and mortar, but we were very digital to a point was we were a little bit embarrassed to talk about it because we were so distributed. And earlier, we were talking about a three-year plan to take all our training remote, and we were setting up on it. The fact that we were all very social media emphasized and had a podcast, everything played into our favor. I will take it because we were so unlucky on that moment in Mm -hmm. 2014. I will take that luck this time. You know, we tried our best to be supportive to people that were struggling, and we reached out and we did all the things. It wasn't entrepreneurial skill. It was just luck. We just had a you know, wonderful run of uh, events and it's helped us. So a lot of entrepreneurship is survival. And the other half is when you have an opportunity, just double down and take advantage of it. I don't like to talk in absolutes because you just never know, right? So you just kind of have to laugh at it and realize that this is something that you enjoy and this is the journey and the challenges are just as interesting as the successes. And if that's you, I believe there's roughly about 7% of people that should be doing entrepreneurship, then awesome. 
I love it. Yeah. So let's go on to our golden nugget. And I love this because it's a quick fire, 20 or 30 seconds where we have an opportunity to either echo something that was said earlier in the podcast or to add in on something that may have been missed. So we'd always like to start with our guest first. So Tats, any kind of last thoughts in terms of entrepreneurship or encouragement to our listeners today? I think sometimes people take entrepreneurship as you have to suffer through it to accomplish something. In some instances, you can sort of view it as explorational. Depending on what area or sort of phase your entrepreneurship, that may serve you better. Being extremely curious about certain emotions you feel, being extremely curious about what your customer is feeling and getting feedback and getting extremely curious about the things that you do not know may serve you better than just, you know, kind of like hustle, grind and stuff like that. So I've kind of learned that more lately. And I thought maybe it could have served me a bit better earlier on. Really good point. Rita, thoughts? Well, first, I just want to say thank you, Tats. I mean, with all the stuff that you do, I just want to say thank you for taking time to come and join us to try to share some lessons and learnings for, for all of us. I love your 3 a.m. story. I think that'll stay with me for quite some time. I would have called the cops if you did that, Tats. Like, it's yes, really easy for that's me. That's where I was at, too, uh, Yeah, Rita. 100%. Like, somebody break down the door. You know, the, the shotgun might be pulled out. Like, what's going on? The dog would have been on you. But you wouldn't Not have Not on my farm. Not yeah. on my farm. <laughs> Not on my farm, man. But, uh, The other thing was just giving yourself a moment to breathe through some of these things. And I think what you said about there are lessons that we learn, that's part of our journey. And I think those Mm. lessons sometimes become the biggest part of our journey. And that's how we grow. I believe how we get to become better people, stronger people. After a few years of doing this, I think I'm there. The other final piece was when you do things that are not just for you, when you're doing right by others, by yourself, creating that win-win solution for all, it's not hard to make decisions. I find it actually really fast to make decisions, whether big or small, because it's very clear to know right and wrong. And if you're not clear, that's when you reach out to your trusted advisors, colleagues, mentors to do that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, I want to thank you too. You know, you say a lot of things that remind me what I really love about being an entrepreneur. And one of the things that really resonated with me tonight, A, I'm going to remember the 3 a.m. story. I love that. But the one is the idea of doing your best until you know better and then you do better and not thinking of what used to be your best as bad. I think that's a really important concept to me. And I appreciate you bringing that back up again. What about you, Peggy? I like the action, not inaction uh, comment. When things strike you from the side of the head and all of a sudden you find yourself in a place you never expected to be, that suits my personality. Rather than to stop and fret, I think I would just run ahead at the same things that got me to where I ended up being successful. So I like that action, not inaction. Just go for it and do the right things. That's a really good one. And for me, I'm going to say the humility and not falling in love with your business, I think is a very, very important lesson for people. It is part of your journey. It is part of your life. You want to be an entrepreneur, but it is not your life. 
It's not all of your life. And I think that sometimes it's very difficult for entrepreneurs to separate that. I know I've gone through it myself where your identity then becomes your business. So I think it's so important to hear from uh, seasoned entrepreneurs who have gone through this. And, you know, one of the key points that Tats has shared with us is really on the humility, but also on the self-awareness side. I think it's so very important as an entrepreneur to be able to have a handle on that and understand what that means for your life. So with that, Tats, thank you so much for joining Serenity Now for Entrepreneurs. So many lessons on really your lessons that you have learned from and grow from and knowing and empowering those that are listening today where they don't have to have everything right. You know, they can go quick. They can do the three-step process. They can still take the time afterwards and regroup and really figure out, you know, what had happened and learn from that. I think it's also very important to always have that balance as an entrepreneur. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us today. Well, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up some good tips and best practices that would benefit your entrepreneurial journey. Remember, none of the content in this podcast should be relied upon as standard legal or business advice. Always consult a professional for your specific business. You may know someone who could benefit from this podcast. Please share it with your business community and perhaps it can give an entrepreneur you know some serenity now.